I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. First to the Jews and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed about him. I'm talking about the man who did no sin and died upon the cross and on the third day rose. I have nothing to be ashamed about him. You ask me, what if I wasn't a Christian tonight? Then I would be ashamed. But I'd be ashamed. But I'm not ashamed because I am a Christian. Chapter uh, 4 of 2 Timothy tonight. <clears throat> this is the last message that Paul will write before he leaves this world and goes to the next world. Anything that a man says before he dies is very important. Paul knows that it's about to die. He, he said in verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew that he was about to die. He said, when I depart, he says, I'm not talking about leaving this place, going to another place. I'm not talking about going from one cell to another cell. He says, I'm leaving here, and I'm going to another world. He says, I, I'm going to be with Christ, which is far better than where I'm at today. And anything a man says in his dying words is always really kind of an important thing to listen to. Because that gives you an, an insight of who that person really is. When men start dying, that veneer comes off of them. And you find out who they really are. Voltaire, the French atheist, was quoted to say that he was going to wipe out Christianity in the world. And in his dying breath, hanging between earth and hell, he said, I have abandoned my God and man. I shall go to hell. I will give half that all I have for six months' life. The founder of the first church of Satan in California Anton LaVey, in his final moments, he come to the terrible realization that he had been allowed himself to be deceived by the devil. Now he faces eternity in hell. But I've known some saints of God that had a different testimony. I've read about saints of God that had a different testimony when they really were leaving this world and going to the next. Stonewall Jackson, his last words, let us cross over the river and rest under the shade of the trees. Our Savior hanging on the cross said, into thy hands I commend my spirit, it is finished. Stephen was being stoned, and he said, Lay not this charge at their feet. And the Bible said, He fell asleep. That's how I want to go, fall asleep. Here, we're, we're going to get Paul's last words before he heads off to be executed. The old soldier is about to go home. And in verse number 9, I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to just go through and give you a little highlights of it. I, I, one phrase I'm particularly interested in, then we'll bring the message on that one phrase. Verse 9, he says, Do thy diligence to come shortly 
unto me. Then, then he starts talking about his comrades, uh, Demas, that had forsaken him, that the love of this present world, he's gone from him. And then he, he lists all these other comrades that he has, his friends that uh, uh, had left him, the ones that uh, have gone and done other things, and those that are going into one. And then he said, uh, uh, Luke is the only one with me. Luke is the only one way. You know, when you get to the point that you get to know that you're going to die, and if you can count the number of friends you have on your hands, the true friends on your hand, count yourself being blessed. Because when a man is dying, that will show people who you really are. If they really care about you, they really love you. Hey, Paul led most of these to Christ because of his preaching, and here they are, gone away. And then he said, uh, the old man was dying. He said, uh, talked about uh, Alexander the coppersmith. He said, he, he, he did me wrong. And he, you know, he, he hindered the, the message of God. And I love what Paul said. He, did, he didn't jump on Alexander. He didn't get in an argument with Alexander. He, he, Paul just said, you know what? I'm just going to talk to the Lord about you. Let the Lord deal with you. Let God give you your things. He asked Timothy, he said, uh, do thy diligence to come unto me. And, and if you do, uh, there's my cloak that I left at Troas. I, I need that. This, it's getting cold. And he was down in the, the bottom of the prison. There's no sunlight. It's a, a dingy. It's cold. And, and he's getting into age. And he says, my bones are creeping. I, I, my blood don't work like that. Could you bring my coat with me? Then he said, bring the books. Even though he knew that he was about ready to die, he said, bring the books I want to read. And he said, bring that parchment. Here's a man who knows he's about to die, but he said, you know what, bring the parchment. I've got some things I still want to write about the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I want people to know just how good he is. I want everybody to know just what he's done for me. I want people to do that. Verse number 21. The very first part of that verse is what I want to get to. It says, do thy diligence to come before winter. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, and love. Father, we just ask you to touch our hearts this evening, Lord. Lift us up and encourage us, Father. We'll praise you. Ask you to bless the message, Lord, and let bless uh, everyone that's here. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Paul deals with a charge in his writing to Timothy. In the last chapter, he talks to Timothy about several things. He gives him several things to think about. And in the first seven verses, he gives him a charge. In verse 1, he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. This is a charge of this preacher, Timothy, this young preacher, uh, preach the word. We don't need to hear your opinion. We don't need to hear uh, your philosophy. We don't need to hear about what the science says. Uh, he said, we want to hear the word being preached. He just took, giving Timothy a charge, preach the word. I, I'll be honest with you this, this evening. I wouldn't go to a church where the Bible is not being preached. 
Uh, There's all kinds of garbage being preached from the pulpit today and doesn't have any scripture to back it up. Uh, It's fables, it's it's philosophy, it's what they believe and what they want. Uh, And let me just say this, uh, when I come to church, uh, I I want to hear the word of God. I want to hear it from God. I want the preacher to take open the Bible and, and read a text and expound on it and give me what the Lord has said this evening. He said, there's a reason why you need to preach the word, Timothy. Well, time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall heap themselves to teaching, having itching ears, and they shall turn away from their ears from the truth, and they shall turn unto fables. But watch thou in all things endure affliction. Do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. He said, Timothy, there's coming a day that they don't want to hear the truth. Uh, uh, People can't handle the truth anymore. Uh, People don't want to know the truth. We're living in a society today where people don't want to know the truth. In fact, we're living in a society today where people make up their own truth, and that's what they believe in to help soothe them over. They don't want the truth no more. The world doesn't want the truth anymore. But he gives the charge, Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word. Then he deals with his companions. In verse 10 through 20, Paul talks about all his companions. Some have bailed out on him. Demas had bailed out of the love of the present world. I imagine when he got to Rome, he saw the sights in Rome and all the things that was going on in Rome. He, he thought that would be better than what he was doing. That had been better. You know, he, he probably was looking at Paul. Paul in, in jail. Paul was chained up. Paul didn't have freedom. And here he is. He can go to Rome and he can have a good time. These people are having a good time. I imagine he saw that and said, you know what? I'd rather give this than what he's going through. There's a lot of people today that's made that decision. They don't want to go through what God has for them. They want what the world's got for them today. He talks about he, he here's a man in his dying breath, the man that uh, had done all that he could for the word of God and the, and the promotion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here he is about to die. He says, I'm alone. I'm alone. Luke is the only one with me. Can I say this? When you feel like you're the only one. When you feel like your friends who have abandoned you, your family has abandoned you, your, your loved ones have abandoned you, you feel like the world has abandoned you, as Paul says, but notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Amen. The Lord will stand with you. He'll never abandon you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He, he was with the Lord. Paul talks about his command. The last command that Paul gives to Timothy. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Tim, if you don't do nothing else, do this, Paul said. Timothy, if you're going to come and see and bring those things that I've asked for, those things that I'm needing, because winter is about to set in. I can feel it in my bones. The nips in the air. The place where they had Paul locked up is called the Maritime Prison. It still stands today. It's still being operated as a prison. They find out that where Paul was at, they had to lower him down into a hole. 
There was no sunlight. It was cold. Paul could tell that the temperature is changing. And he says, Timothy, do thy diligence to come before winter sets in. Paul said, before the axe falls, before I die, you need to get here. You need to get here. I want you to bring some things with you. The cloak, the books, the parsonage. And he knows he's about to die, but he wants these things. Paul still has something he wants to say to bring those things. And I got to thinking about this, and it got on to me. Wolf Timothy would have said, Paul, it's springtime. I've got plenty of time. I don't need to be in a rush because it's just springtime. I got time to get there. But I find out that spring turns into summer, summer turns into fall, and fall turns into winter before you know it. Before you know it. The leaves start changing, the nips in the air, leaves start falling from the trees, and it was springtime. It, it hadn't been that long, it was spring, we're getting ready to go into fall. Seasons have changed. Can I say that if you're going to do something for God, you better get moving now. Better get moving now. Because winter of life is about to set in. And winter of night's coming to every one of us sitting here tonight. Winter's coming. Winter's coming. Winter time comes for everybody. At some point in your life, wintertime will come. The leaves will uh, change uh, and, the, and the leaves of life will start turning around on you. And, and winter will come into you and it happens to everyone. No one can escape it. So if you're going to do anything for the Lord, you need to do it now because winter is coming. I don't like winter. I know I've heard this. Well, you can just put on more clothes. That has never worked for me. You go outside and it's 30 mile an hour wind and it's 20 degrees, it hits my bones. I, do, I love hot weather. In fact, the hotter it is, the better. I got off a plane in Egypt and it was 135 degrees. I said, this is home. This is home right here. It was good. I got in Somalia, it was, it was 107 degrees there. And let me tell you what, I felt, I'm good here. But I got back up here in the first snowfall, I said, boy, if I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I don't like wintertime. I love summertime. Paul said, if you're going to do something, you better do it because winter is coming. Let me just say to you, you may be living in the springtime of life right this moment. You may be in the summertime of your life right this moment. Then you ought to go ahead and praise and shout to God. God will not always stay that way. Winter's coming. It's going to set in. You'll come when you're soul and your tears are dried up and hardened ice. The ground is hard. It's 
not summertime now. Better rejoice while you can. How like the seasons in our life we face the sunshine, storms, and strife. As seasons come, so they must go. We are enjoined within that flow. In spring, we start our journey anew. Then flowers bloom and the skies are blue. The trees are bubbling, birds were singing. Within youth and bloom, it's always spring. To summer soon, we are mature, face love and kids, home and career. It's harvest time. Success we seek. Then sounds of summer leave us weak. Then autumn calls to have its to say. The foliage falls, the hair turns gray. The chill descends and soon the frost. We think perhaps on the things we've lost. Oh, winter grips with snow and cold. We watch our destined faith unfold. And now we near our time to go. And seek life's final afterglow. Seasons of life. That hit me right there. That's hit me. Paul is telling Timothy, he's giving the Timothy command, you need to come and see me before wintertime sets in. Paul knew when he was going to die. Paul knew that, hey, if, and he also knew this, uh, uh, Timothy had to sail to him, and he couldn't wait to wintertime to sail to him because and in Luke, if you read in Acts, Luke tells him the wintertime is the worst time to sail. It's not profitable to do that. You can't sail in the winter. He said, if you're going to come and see me now, Timothy, you need to do it now. Let me just say this. If you're going to do anything for God, you need to start doing now because winter is coming. Give you three quick things, winter will come to you. Winter will come to you in your family. Winter will come to you in your family. Amen. How many of us can look back and see our children when they were young? Paul asked for his coat and his parchments and his books. I see Timothy walking up too late. He's got his coat, he's got his parchment, he's got his books, and he walks up to the guard. The guard said, can I help you? He says, I'm here to see my mentor. I'm here to see my friend. I'm here to see that preacher. I'm here to see Paul. The guard goes, comes back and says, you're too late. You're too late. What do you mean too late? He's, is he gone somewhere? He's too late? He said, yeah, they just cut his head off and he's in an unmarked grave up there now. It, it, too late. He waited too late. He had the time to go see him. But winter time has come and it's over with. I, we see it today. We get up one day and we, we have happy funds and happiness. And I, I, I remember looking in the mirror. It just seemed like yesterday. And my hair was gr brown and dark. And I was good and I was young and I was happy. But I looked in the mirror this morning and the snow has set in on my head. Winter has come into my life. I'm looking at my grandkids, not my children now. Winter has set in on my life and let me just say this if you want to do anything for your children if you want to give them insight you better do it while you can because winter's going to set in on you it'll set in on your family I see Timothy walks up to the graveyard there stands Luke Luke asked him 
Why didn't you get here sooner? Why didn't you get here sooner? He wanted his coat before he died. He wanted his books before he died. He wanted his parchments before he died. But Timothy, you got here too late. Too late. I see these two fellows standing over this unmarked grave, uh, weeping the tears because of the loved one they had, the one they shared, and the one they, they respected and looked up to. Now it's too late. Timothy, you're too late. Winter is coming in all aspects of our life. Winter is coming in your family. Look around at your children. They're not babies anymore. It's so important. Winter is going to sit in your family. I'm telling you. You can, you can watch it. it. It don't seem like long that you had joy and you're young and youth in your life. Next thing you know, you're walking around the cane. You don't understand what happened. But it happens. Winter is coming to your family. It's coming to you. You need to instill something in their lives now that's going to last throughout their lives. Something that they can lean on. And when they get older, they can look back and see what you instilled in life. They can remember what grandma and grandpa and what my daddy and what my mother did. They, they instill something. They instill the, the want and desires to see God. They want and desires to serve God. It's been instilled in me. I, I want that to be instilled in our children. And we need to start now. Don't wait till they get old enough. Because winter's coming, it's going to be too late. Timothy, you got here too late. He asked for you, but you took your time. Winter's coming to your family. Another place where winter will set in, and that's on the field of ministry for you. A field of ministry. Wherever God has placed you in a ministry at, you need to get busy doing it now. Don't wait. If God has placed you in the field of ministry of witness to people and, and we go to work and we witness to those at work and, and those that we come in contact with, we need to witness to them. Our family members uh, that are lost and undone, we need to be a, a witness to them. We need to say, hey, this is what God's done for me. You cannot wait. It's summertime. It's springtime in your life. You need to start ministering in the field that God has placed you into. And don't wait. You ever said this, well, I'll go witness to them, but not right now. I, I'll get to them later. You ever stood in, in the line at Walmart and, and God spoke your heart about witness to the cashier, and you get to them and you say, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. And you walk off and God beats you up because you didn't say, hey, Christ loves you. I love you. You don't do that. We're letting winter set in on our field of ministry because we don't open our mouths anymore. Winter is setting in. Winter is coming. It is going to come. I've seen parents that were in their seasons of life in spring. They thought Little League was more important. They thought travel ball was more important. They go to the mountains, go to the lake, and do this and do that. Church was not important to them. And now that your kids are 18, 19, 20 years old, they don't want nothing to do with God. They don't want nothing to do with church. And mom and daddy is at the pew trying at the altar, weeping and crying. Where did we go wrong? You went wrong because you didn't instill anything into them. 
while you had the chance to do it. I, I've been to many funerals, and you see them. People go to a funeral, and they, they're crying out loud, and go, oh, I wish I wish you. You can always tell somebody who, who loved them before they died or loved after they died. Because let me tell you what, if you loved them, you... They always come with roses at the funeral. They want to give them roses. Let me tell you what, giving somebody roses when they're dead is wrong. You ought to give them roses while you're alive. While they're alive. You ought to tell them, I, I, I love them. You ought to tell the people that you love and tell them right then and there, I, I love you. I want to show you. I want to show that I love you and give it to them while they're alive. Don't wait till they're dead because there's too many people at the cemetery crying and wishing they had done something. Winter's coming. I find this out. The reason why grandparents enjoy kids more because they've gotten past the hustle and the bustle of trying to make a dollar. And they realize what's matter and what's the most important in their life. Maybe we ought to learn that. Winter's coming in your family. Winter's coming in your field of work. When you find what God has gave you to labor in, when you, God has shown you what he wants you to labor in, you ought to get to it right now. Don't wait. Don't put it off. I'll get to that when I can. No, you need to get into the field that God has put you in and start doing God's work in it. You know what the problem is? You, you can't plant nothing in the wintertime. In fact, up north where we were at Hapare, in wintertime, the ground would freeze to 18 to 24 inches deep, and you couldn't dig into it. it in fact, they wouldn't even bury people in the wintertime. Put them in the ice house and wait till summertime. A lot of times, they'd go ahead and dig the graves in the summertime so they'd have a place to put them in the wintertime. You can't, you can't. Problem is, Wintertime is set on our field of witnessing to the others in this world that part the ground is too hard to plant a seed and we've let it lay dormant. You let something lay dormant, you can't grow anything on it. And we've let the ground grow dormant. Thorns, thistles, and everything else grow. You can't plant a seed. Don't wait. Winter is coming and you'll fill of ministry. God has called you to be a witness. God has, whatever God has called you or placed you into, you need to get on to it now. Don't wait. Don't keep putting off what God is trying to get you to do in your life. Because if you keep putting it off, winter's coming. Winter's coming in your family. Winter's coming in your ministry. Winter's coming in your future. Coming in your future. Paul knows his winter is in his future. Verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my torture at hand. He says, I'm ready to be offered. That literally goes back way back to the Old Testament where the, uh, the priest would take a drink offering, fill it up with a cup that would drink, and then pour it out to literally every drop has been pulled out. Paul's saying that I, I, I've given all, I've, I, I, I've everything that's in, every drop in me I've poured out, now I'm ready to be offered up. I, I've given everything I have, I've, I've done all that I can do, I, I, I'm done, and my winter has set in, it's time for me to go. Can I say there's some of those sitting here, winter has set in on you. 
winter has set in on you. But Paul, even though he said, I've given it all, I've gave it all. Verse 7, he says, I fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. Paul got down to the end of his life. He's used up, poured out. Every drop that he had of his life, he's poured it into ministry. He said, I don't have any regrets. Uh, uh, one minute for serving God. Uh, I don't have any regrets. For one second living for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have any regrets giving my life to Jesus. I don't have regrets. Uh, I don't have regrets that all I've done with people, all that I've said. I don't have any regrets about serving God. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And I've kept the faith. And let me say this. There leads to be a lot more Christians in this world that go ahead and start the fight and continue in the fight and finish what God has set you into and keep the faith. We got too many just walk away from God when it gets hard and heavy. He says, I'm living my life without any regrets because of what I've done. And you know the reason why he said that? He said, I'm living my life without any regrets because what I have done, because I've done it in the springtime and in the summertime. Because I know winter's coming. Winter's coming. Jesus says, there come a day that no man works. Do the work that the Father has sent while it's still day, because night cometh when no man will work. Winter is going to come into your life. We can't have any regrets because the unfinished task that God has set before us. You realize this. The one thing that you can never get back is time. You can go out there and give your car away. You can get another one. You can do that. But this moment right here and now, you can't get it back. It is done. It is done. You cannot get time back. We act like we got all the time in the world. We do, don't, we don't. <laughs> we were talking the other day about when we first got married. So where did time go? 47 years. 47 winners. <laughs> where we, I mean, we don't look at we 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 think that we got plenty of time. I've got time to do this. I got time to witness. I got time to go there. I got time to tell my family. I got time. No, you don't. For too long, you see the leaves out there. Leaves already start turning. The leaves have already start falling off the trees. Winter's coming, and you don't have the time. You don't have the time. Timothy, do thy diligence to come before winter. 
Because Paul knew his time has come. He knew he was nearing the end. He knew that he was dying. There are people in your life that you know that are dying. You know where they're going. You know their lifestyle. What are you doing? You're going to let winter set in on you? It's still spring for some and it's still summer for some. You sit and wait too long. Winter is going to catch up with you. And like Paul, cold to the bones, chill in the air, winter has come in. Winter is coming. Amen. Winter is coming. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait.